God was going to do something that would forever change the universe. He was going to come and actually, through Jesus, actually build us to become his house. And so you often say, we've heard it said, you know, the church is not the building. And we know that. This is, a, this is an incredible facility, and I thank God for it. But the church is not the building. And then often we'd say, well, then the church is, is us. And that is partly true. But actually, that's also not fully true. The church isn't just us. The church is Jesus. That's what the church is. And if we're in Jesus, well, then we become the church. But the church isn't us. The church is Jesus. And so God is going to come and build a house for his son. And I sometimes think we miss that. You know, we, we often come to God and we've got a very Old Testament picture of how it is to know him and to worship him. And so we would come to a temple and like Israel of old, we would worship the one who is bigger than us. And we would, you know, God, we want your presence to come and fill the temple. And, 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 and there is still something of that. I don't want to take away from that. There is still something of that. But that's not the fullness of what God was planning that you would come to a building or even to a gathering and, and kind of in moments of worship see him on his throne and then go back to your life. The point that God was going to do was going to be much more glorious and much more beautiful than that. It was that actually God was going to come and do something inside of me and inside of you that would totally change us so that by the power of the new birth, by the power of what Jesus would provide, we would actually become the dwelling place of God. That God wouldn't live in a building anymore, that man could live, but that God would live inside of my heart, inside of you, and inside of us. And this is what the church is. And I think so often we miss that. And we think of, you know, even we think, well, it's not the building, it's the people, but it's, it's not the people. It's Christ. It's Jesus. And in Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, it says, um, can we put it up for us? It says, Paul's here writing to the Ephesian church, and he speaks about you know, how he's going to be building the church and speaking the truth in love. He says this, we, that's you and me, will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. What an incredible scripture. That we will get born again. We'll get come into this family. You know, you, we'll talk about that just now, how we become that. But that we would actually come in and be totally changed and start to grow as we remain intimate with Jesus. As he comes and as he breaks the divide between us. And that we would actually start to grow up to become more and more and more like him. Until eventually you would look at, at me and you'd look at us. And you wouldn't see us anymore. You would see him. <laughs> and there's this journey that happens as God finds us. And like this building was built with bricks. Because we've learned how to do it you know, quite well now. We can make bricks out of clay, whatever they make them out of. And they heat them and they, they're strong, strong things. But in the Old Testament, in olden days, they would build with stones. And so, you know, the builders of, the, of a temple or a building would find stones, they'd pull them out of the ground, they would chop them down and shape them and then, you know, put them together as best they thought would fit and then, you know, put mortar or something between them so that they would stick together and start to build. And this is actually, a, a, again, a, a picture for us. This is a lesson for us, a picture for us of how God will build his own house. Because the Bible tells us that he will find us and pull us out of the clay, out of the dust, out of death. And he'll begin to form us individually. But then, not just individually, he'll start to weave us together so that we start to grow up, to look more and more and be more and more him. Um, and, and I was just thinking about that, that we actually grow up to be Jesus himself, you know. And when you first become a Christian, how many of you, I mean, I grew up in church. Uh, my parents, my dad did the church books. Um, every Sunday we would go to church. And God was distant. He was out there. He was, you know, someone I believed in. I sort of believed that Jesus was probably God. I mean, I think I, I never really thought about it. It was just taken for granted. 
But I never knew that God wanted to actually come and break the divide and actually come into me and change me and, and know me intimately. God was distant and far and big and great. He wasn't near and intimate and life-defining. And um, when we get saved, we realize that, and we'll talk just now about how we actually get pulled in properly, but there is a sense as a new Christian, when you first give your life to him, you don't yet look like him. I mean, I know you do sort of, because, because he, he, when he looks at you, he covers all the mistakes. He calls you perfect, even though you're not yet. And there is amazing feeling of being born again and realizing that I'm acceptable to God because of what he did for me. And that actually when he looks at me, he sees me as perfect. And then you have the wonder when you realize, but I'm not. But the fact that he does is his kindness and his grace. And then he starts to make you perfect. He starts to work in you, and he, he literally comes and indwells you. When you give your, we looked at a video of a lady, the first lady that gave her life to the Lord in this building. What would have happened there in the Holy Spirit, in the, if you could see with, with ours what God was doing, God had taken a woman out of the clay, brought her here, gathered her like somebody would have gathered stones, or brought her here, and then he would literally have come and washed her, cleansed her, forgiven her, and then he himself, as she's standing in the front, would have come and lived inside of her. And it's like the seed of God comes into it. And you'll know when you get born again, you know something happened. You don't fully know it, but it's like something just went down that was huge. I remember feeling that. I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is like I've, never, I've done drugs. I've done a lot of things, but I've never experienced this. And I was different. I could feel I was different. It was like somehow I was impregnated with God himself. And then God began to, by the Spirit, form me and grow me so that I would more and more become him, actually, like him. I'll never be God incarnate, but that he would bring me into who he is. And so you start to suddenly find things that you used to do you can't do anymore. Do you remember that? Like smoking or Whatever it was, going out to nightclubs, whatever it was, sleeping with a girlfriend, or whatever it was. And it's like the Lord is saying, no, I am growing you up to Jesus, and this is not him. And so there's this repenting that happens as you realize, I'm falling short of what God's called me to. I'm falling short of the glory. And then the Spirit keeps working in you and me so that we grow up. And it's literally like God tenders your life and shapes you and molds you and forms you until you grow up into being literally him. And, and I've often said this, when you properly matured, it's no longer, it's no longer Andrew. It's Jesus in Andrew. When I respond with the love of God, it's not Andrew's love. It's Jesus's love that's in me, that he's put there, that he's formed in me and is now flowing out of me. When, when I come to serve and I'm doing sound or whatever I'm doing, it's not me anymore. It's, it's Jesus ministering through me and serving his own body. And so you start to see this thing being built as individual stones are brought together. And we start to grow. And I love that. In, what, in 2 Corinthians 5.19, you know, we first dust and then he's got to bring us to himself. And so we learn that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sin against them. This is how he gathered you and me. So he finds you, and you and I are full of sin. That was a revelation for me. Christians used to tell me before I was born again that I was a sinner, and I thought they were so judgmental, like, you know, you goody-two-shoes Christian. I just wanted them to sin so that they could be bad like I was, and I didn't even think I was bad, but if they did, then, well, then, you, you know. And then I remember the first time realizing I'm a sinner. It just, I mean, I was doing drugs. I was sleeping with my girlfriend, but I didn't think I was a sinner. I was living totally for myself, selfishly. I seriously thought I was a good guy. And here's the funny thing. You might never have done drugs, never slept with someone that you shouldn't have. And you know what? You're a sinner too. And I actually thought of just quickly, because the, the church now is, is stones that God gathers, and he finds us in the craziest places. And, it's, it, it's, and I, I've got three people that I quickly want to come and just, and I'm talking now like a 10-second 
of where you come from. Where did Christ, when he found you, what did he bring you out of and what did he bring you into? And so we start with you. I know Chris, Kevin, and Ed. Kevin, who were you before Jesus when he found you in the mud? I was seven years old in a grade one classroom, sitting in there, and I think our teacher still opened it up and asked who wanted to respond. So I responded right there. And I'm, yeah, like I, I'd probably be your guy that, you know, just out of the fear of God, didn't do bad stuff. But I was still, in a sense, a sinner. Up at that point, I was young, and um, I was full of the Spirit at about age of 13. And then I realized what happened. Um, almost like something got activated. I still remember trying to smoke the one day, and as I did it, I felt this, the, the fear of the Lord just come, and I'm like, <coughs> I can't. Uh, and that's me. And I've realized, and, and so you grow up in a Christian, and you grow up like that, and through the years, I've realized, actually, although I didn't do a lot of the stuff that you'll hear now, <laughs> I was lost. I was lost and dead, and God transformed me and saved me. I was a mess, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been a, alive. So. Um, yeah, so I've got a short time, so I'm not going to give you all the details. Um, but basically, when God found me, I was, my marriage was on the rocks. I wasn't even married for two years yet. And uh, God spoke through Jono on the bus to Nicole, and Nicole's Diane's best friend. Um, and they spoke, and there was such a transformation in Nicole, I know for many years, that I was skeptical, and uh, Diane was inquisitive, like, what is going on? And uh, so we went to church the next Sunday, and what I can honestly say is when I walked into church, I was somewhat offended because the people that met me were barefoot, and some had tattoos, and we met in a kid's home, and it, was, it looked more like a party than, than church, but... You know, I just had a preconceived notion of what church was. And uh, when people started interacting with me, I realized just what they had in them was something I wanted. And uh, that day, um, Mike Davies actually preached um, it's in 2008. And uh, Mike Davies, as some of you will know, he's, uh, he's from England, and so is my dad. So naturally, there was something in me that was like, okay, this guy commands respect. He's, you know, he's somewhat like my dad. But when he spoke, there was just something of, like, what he said, it was like God had crib notes, or he had crib notes of my life that nobody knew. And I was just, I was just, yeah, I was a, I was, I was a terrible person at school. I, um, I used to, um, to hide my own insecurities, I used to pick somebody in a crowd and make fun of them so that to steer the, the, sort of insecurities away from me, and uh, yeah, I love being the life of the party, yet I don't like standing in front of church speaking, <laughs> which is so odd, but uh, God transformed it, he, he literally made me new, and um, yeah, I don't know. What did you come out of? Not before testing me, what did you come out of? Okay, are they, um, Chris Hartley, Hartley? <laughs> Um, yeah, so what I came out of, um, yeah, so it's great, well, Senate 6 that I know it, um, started using drugs with my friends when we started um, partying and stuff, and it just escalated, so it was from weed to ecstasy, and then eventually um, was using heroin, and then after high school, I had to go to Neighborhood Christian Care Center for a while, came back, obviously messed up, and messed up a lot, and I had to go to Namibia just to get out the country for a bit to find some sanity. But then when I came back on holiday, I would mess up eventually, um, got arrested in, um, for possession of drugs, went back to Namibia <laughs> to try and get out of everything, and then came back, and then yeah, eventually, a few months afterward, I came back and I hooked up with Josh Jane, um, became accountable to some of the, the leaders, and yeah, the church has just been fantastic for me, so it's been... And I'm seven Josh and kids. <laughs> Wonderful. I remember once um, just sitting with a, a, a guy, he was probably 25 years old. I was a younger Christian and I'd met him on the streets and uh, he was a Satanist. 
And I was just explaining to him just the love of God, and uh, he was struggling with it. It really messed up his life. And I remember at one point, as he began to, I suppose, feel something of the love of God, he began to share. And I I wanted to just tell you, uh, so this guy, he starts telling me how he, they decided in their coven that they were going to, that they needed to sacrifice children to Satan. And so he impregnated his girlfriend, and they kept her hidden until she gave birth. And then he took his own child and literally cut it into pieces with a knife and offered this child to Satan. And then threw the remains of his own child into a pit of lime to destroy any evidence that there'd been a human being. And I remember sitting with this man and feeling the love of God because I realized, well, I never sinned like he did. My sin took Jesus to the cross. You might have been like Kevin, seven years old, and didn't even smoke a cigarette. But Kevin's sin took Jesus to the cross. Because the Bible tells us that we had to be reconciled to God. We had to be made right with God because we've all sinned. And uh, in Romans 3, verse 10 to 12, it says it so clearly. It says, could you put it up? It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. As it is written, there is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. There is no one righteous. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. When God wanted to build a temple, the stones were worthless. And so God found us and drew us to himself in love. And he found us in all different places. And he said, I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to actually, whatever you've done, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to wash you. He comes and lives as a man and dies on a cross to pay the terrible price of the things that we've done, all of us. And then says, I will see you because of what I've done is perfect. And no longer will there be a separation between you and me, which sin has caused. Because you'd be worthless. I can't use you. You're dirty. You're unclean. You're not like me. I'm going to come and I'm going to come to you. I'm going to find you in the dirt, in the dirt of your life. And I'm going to pull you close to me. I'm going to wash you. And I'm going to, I'm going to live inside of you. And I'm going to form myself in you, not by your strength, but by my strength inside of you. And I'm going to cause you to start to be impregnated with the life of God and start to grow. And then, I love this. And then, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, listen to this, and it's such a beautiful promise. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, no matter where you come from, you're a new creation. It's like God washes the old away and says, see, I'm going to do something that only I can do. The old is gone. The new has come. And there's this thing that, you know, that we are now in Christ. But here's the amazing thing. It's not just I'm hidden in him, but actually Jesus himself also is in me. We reconciled. We are joined together. The picture of marriage really is the picture of becoming one. Now you've got Jesus and God with me. And in Galatians 2.20, listen to this. It says, and this is how it happens. 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I need to blow my nose. Sorry. This is like so bad. They should give us like towels to blow our noses with. (laughs) This is how it happens. 
Andrew comes as dust and he's in a meeting and he hears the gospel, God reaching down to me. And God says, I want to wash you. I want to cleanse you. I want to make you new. I want to make you an entirely new person. And Andrew believes, which is how you get saved. You believe. You believe God. There's a sense that you know that this is true. It goes from someone telling you intellectually to you knowing like you know, like you know, that you've fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> it's like God opens your eyes. And then something happens. For God to live in me and to begin to form himself in me, I have to die. You see, there's a tussle then. There's Andrew who wants to be Andrew, to do what I want to do, to live for me, to enjoy all the things that I was enjoying. And then there is God who's now in me and saying, will you, do you see who I am? Do you see what I'm like? Will you choose? Will you allow me to come and indwell you and fill you? And so you stand there and you go, that means, basically it means this, I cannot carry on the way I was. I either have you and you have me, or I have my old life. I can't sort of do this. I can't. Christianity is not a sort of thing. It's like either he has me and I'm in him and he is in me, or I'm not a Christian. I'm just a nominal thing. I'm not the real thing. And so he then comes and he says, and then there is a point that being crucified, that means I get crucified. Now, I don't get physically put on a cross, but the cross isn't in a picture here of dying. And so what you'll find is as the Spirit starts to form Christ in you, even in worship, how many of you in worship today were like, God, I love you, I want to give you my life. What's that? That's God in you, starting to form His life, to show you the wonder of who He is and what He's like. As you sing, as you dance, people around me were just weeping as you, as you see Him. Is it not true? You like see Him. You, you sing about the cross, you sing about what He's done, you sing about His love, and you see Him. And he becomes the most attractive thing to you. It's like this thing that you, the things that you used to love suddenly kind of feel like, eh. Your life that felt so amazing before suddenly feels, eh, when you look at him. And so you choose. And you start to crucify. You start to kill the old you. And it's amazing, you know, Christ formed in you. Maybe you've been hurt. I mean, who hasn't been hurt? And maybe even in church, you're going to be hurt. Because we're sensitive and we read things wrong and people are stupid. <laughs> and you're standing there and you're worshipping and you're trying to worship. And then the Lord comes and shows you himself. And he organizes that the person that's offended you standing right next to you. Because he's going to form Christ in you. He's going he's to teach you how to kill yourself. And you, you're trying to worship. And it's like, could that person just have stood at the back? You know that feeling? It's like, this is all I'm aware of now. And then it's like, but now you know, it's either the treasure or the, the offense. And so you sit there going like, and now the Spirit's forming Christ, forming Christ. Come and look at Him. Look at what He's like. Look at His love for you. The Lord reminds you of Scriptures. Forgive. Even as you've been forgiven. And as you stand there, Christ starts to form inside of you. And your flesh is like, and then at some point you go, Lord, I need to die because I'm still very much alive. I'm still offended. I'm still prideful. I'm still worried about me and not about, I'm still not like you. I'm still more concerned about my good than theirs. I'm selfish, Lord. And, the, and Christ is being formed in you. And then you crucify yourself. Lord, I forgive even if they don't say sorry. Because you forgave me, Lord, before I had done anything good or bad. Love holds no record of wrongs. And what's happening is now the Spirit's forming Jesus in me. Now when I look at the person, the love of God has replaced the offense. The Bible speaks about the love of God that's shared abroad in our hearts. And so you begin to reflect Christ. And here's the thing. I'm becoming, I'm growing up to be like him, but as I extend forgiveness to my brother, I start to be built together, not just with God, but with him. And we start to be built together to become a dwelling. We start to, we become 
God's building a house. And he's joining us together through this, this love that's now in our hearts. This is what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> I have been crucified. Galatians 2.20. Did we use that one? I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live. But it's now Christ in me. The life I live in the body, this, I love this. The Bible speaks about this. We carry this treasure in these earthen vessels. Like you can see, Andrew, and I'm getting old and frail. My neck's broken in 600 places, and I'm feeling my 52 years of age, or 91 for Uncle Stan, I think it is. And you stand in these earthen vessels, and inside of these earthen vessels is Christ. It's Jesus. It's treasure. And so the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up. For me. And so Jesus starts to form in me as I've been crucified with him. And here's the amazing thing. That means when you get loved by somebody in the church, you're actually being loved by Jesus. <laughs> when someone's in kids' church, and I mean, here's a car. Are you looking for, who lets... Guys like this, look after kids. <laughs> but the old is gone. The old is gone. He's made new. <laughs> and we these people that are like stones that are now joined together in this place. And, and God starts to build us together to actually become like a, like a building. Or another picture would be literally members of his body. And that means when, and I don't want to run ahead of myself quickly, but so Paul asks the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and I love this, because he realizes as he's building into this church that they don't know the wonder of what God's got for them. And he says this, he says, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Don't you know that God's in you? Don't you know that you are born again of God, that God is forming his life in you? This is what it means. So when you come, and here's the thing. As I remain intimate with him, he says, remain in me, I'll remain in you. You'll be much fruit. When I woke up this morning, the first conversation I had, the first place I sent to myself is, Lord, because today I can live Andrew, I can live Jesus. Uh, and it's a choice. I can crucify myself or I can, I can live for me. So I put to death as I get into his presence. And I have access into his presence because of what he's done. And in his presence, I'll say, Lord, what in me today doesn't look like you? How do I today, when I, when I minister, that I'm not just speaking a good preach, but that this is, this is what you want to say. That you speak to your people through me. How do I, when I walk around and I see people, and I, and I, that I, I mean, I was in worship, I think it was it's Mr. Hoekstra, where are you? Philip, is he here? He was here now in the, in the front. I, I was blessed worshiping our God together and looking at you, and I thought, I know where you come from. I know the struggles. I know the fights. I know that you've had to crucify and put to death strong desires. But you've done it. And I watched you worship, and you were worshiping. And I know we have to die every day. So the fight will continue until you see him. But to watch you worshiping, I was blessed. I was like, I felt the love of God just pouring out of me towards you. And I just actually wept looking at you because you're a miracle. You're something of the seed of God. And when I see you worshiping the Father, I see Jesus worshiping the Father through you. This is the wonder of what it is to belong in the church. And <laughs> so he joins us together. I love Galatians 3.28. It says, there's now no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And here's where it gets interesting. Then the Lord says, look, I am God, and you are an earthen vessel. 
So I'm going to come and live in you, but the fullness of me is too much for you. So I'm going to come and give a portion. And so he comes into Kim and he goes, Kim, my son, I love you. And he puts a portion into Kim. And as Kim starts to grow and develop and allow Christ to come out of him, Kim brings an aspect of Jesus to the body. And the Bible now uses a picture of us being like members of a body. And I don't even know if members of a body are made up of a lot of parts. So we actually become the body of Christ. And the Bible says that. In Ephesians 2, 21, this is not quite the scripture, but it's a good one. 2, 21 and 22, it says, In Him, now the whole building, we're back at a building, but it's the same as a body, is joined together and rises. <laughs> as we join together, we start to rise, something of Christ in us, to become a holy temple in the Lord. Which means, as we pray for Uncle Stan, the Lord is praying with us. As we minister one to another, as the worship, it's actually the Lord in us. We become this place, this temple that God lives. And in Him, you two are being built together. Christianity is not a solo sport. It's not like I've left the church because you got offended or grow up and, and realize that you've, you've, you've stopped crucifying yourself. Realize how much he loved you and how can you not extend, you know, love holds no record of wrongs. How can you offend me if I, if I can't hold the record of wrongs? You know, I've been hurt by the church. Well, you're not dead then. Then your flesh rose up and started to kill the spirit of Christ in you. Then you started to fight against the spirit of God himself and you did it to save your life. And he says, if you try and save your life, you'll lose it. Lose your life and you'll find it. Crucify the flesh, not Christ. So you crucify the flesh or you don't. But if you, if you build towards the flesh, the flesh will grow. It's like a, something that starts to grow inside of you. And before long, you're out of church, you're out of community, you're married. Everything's falling apart because you're now back in the flesh. And the point of that is the father wants to bring you to your senses like the prodigal son eating pig slop and thinking, This sucks. In my father's house, even the slaves eat better. Even the animals eat better than this. You come back because God wants you to be a part of who he is and what he's doing. So in Ephesians 4.16, and we'll bring this close to an end now. Ephesians 4.16, I've actually done quite well for my time. It says this. Instead, Ephesians 4.16. Okay, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's the thing. When you hit me, I hope Jesus flies out of me. I hope that you don't see Andrew. You see him. But I also know that actually only with us can we fully reflect him. Because, you see... I have gifts, I have aspects, I have things of Jesus that he's put in me, but there's some things I don't have, like the gift of administration. I just don't have it. <laughs> I hate administration. So God comes in full and he says, Phil, you're gonna, you're gonna, Christ is the administrator of the universe. And so he says, Phil, I'm going to make you almost like me. And he, <laughs> and he fills full with the spirit and full finds life. As he serves the body in admin. Guys are doing sound. I wouldn't know what to do. I looked at those desks once or twice and I was like, I have no cooking clue what's going on here. I don't have the gift of mercy. I mean, I understand mercy, but I don't, I don't have that gift. My wife has. She'll drive past a beggar and, and start weeping. And I'm like, why are you crying? It's a gift of mercy. I'm just, I look at the guy and I'm like, yeah, you probably did this and that and messed up your life. And My wife looks at me and weeping and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Lord, I'm obviously not like you in this area. Help me, Lord. Help me form Christ in me. But that comes easy to her. And together, we become this reflection. See, church is not something you can go to on a Sunday. 
when you feel like it. Church is everything. It's where Christ joins, where, where, where Jesus is fully revealed because I'm there and you're there and we're together and he's there with us. That's why the devil tries to get you away from church. We had a funeral, Russell was at a funeral yesterday with me as well, and it was an interesting funeral. It was actually a former elder in Josh Jen that died. He was with us years ago and ended up moving away. And he, Amazing man, godly man, and he died. And it was so interesting to me, they said something, and I just was, as I was putting this together, I thought, this is actually a beautiful thing, and I want to bring it here. They said this. He, he was a part of their fellowship, and, and the, these guys, and they said this. There is an aspect of Jesus that's missing, because he's not here. It's as though somebody cut my hand off. When he died, that reflection of Christ, that part of Christ's body was cut off from the rest of the body. And so there was, there was a sense of loss. They were like, it wasn't the loss that Pierre died. And, you know, we, it was a sense of Jesus will not be fully revealed in us now. And then they said this, and it was weird at first, and then I actually got it. They said, Lord, would you take the spirit that was on him and put it on somebody else? And I thought, I get it. I get it. They understand the wonder of Christ's body. That until that spirit that God was bringing, to, that aspect of Jesus that was coming through Pierre, they don't look like Jesus fully anymore. They do, but not the fullness of him. Do you realize how important you are in this thing? That the spirit that Christ put on you is unique to you and you alone. It's like a fingerprint. And you bring an aspect of him to the table. You bring an aspect of him to us that we will never fully reflect unless you grow up into him. So some of you are sitting here and you, 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 you're immature. You don't know, you don't even know about this. You don't know how to do it. You don't know how to get there. And that's the lesson in itself. I always just think just start just by being intimate and loving and you'll fall into what he's got for you. It's like the river flows where it goes down. It's like... But it comes when you start to give yourself, you crucify yourself. You understand, I am a part of this temple that he's building. And I come not to get something. I come to give Christ in me to you. And you come to give Christ in you to me. And we get built together. It's not listening to a preacher. I mean, a preacher can teach you things. But this is only words until it's lived out. The Bible says you are living letters written by the hand of God. <laughs> so, let me finish this. I'll finish with the scripture. I've left about six out. And I want to give a big sniff in. <laughs> so here's the thing. This building took a while to build. Guess what? So do we. And that's why we have grace for one another. Sometimes the bricks don't fit the way they should. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes our flesh. But we have grace because we've been built together. We need you, man. You're important. And then we're getting built. And we are becoming a dwelling in which God will live by spirit. And here's the thing. It's as we actually have proper fellowship, proper love with one another, that Jesus is there. So that you experience him. When I arrive and I, I or somebody arrives and sees you and loves you. You experience him when somebody buys you a booty roll at the end of this meeting. Yes. You experience him. I mean, you experience fellowship. Somebody, it was so funny for me arriving, I teased here at Kevin. There's fires going before the meeting starts. It's like, in our side, you bring like coffee. The nice smell of coffee draws, you know, the unbelievers. Yeah, it's Burevos rolls, and the sinners are running to the church. It's just a... <laughs> but here's the thing. We're going to be hanging around after this meal, after this meal, and it is a meal, and we're going to have another meal. And somebody lit the fires, fetched the wood, fried the meat, cut the rolls, 
And as we enjoy Burrowbos rolls, we get to enjoy each other. Some visitors have come and you're going to get free cappuccino. Part of that is because we just want you to enjoy hanging out with us. And hopefully when you hang out with us, you will see him, not us. And so the church is built. Every part does its bit. And we become this beautiful reflection of Jesus to this community. And they might come into a building, but inside of that building they meet him. Don't ever forget what Christ has called you to. It was so, so glorious. And you have such a key part to play in it. My last scripture I was going to read to you is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 16. And this is really for the, those that are new, that this might become home to you. God might join you into this part of the body. For Christ's love compels us. You know when, you, when you've lost the love for this? You've normally lost this. When, you, when you're in him, you can't help but love this. Even if they're ugly to you. Because Christ's love compels you. It's, it's his spirit in you. Because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore, all died. We've all been crucified. We've all crucified our flesh. We fought. Who fought the flesh this week? I did. I'm still dying. I'm, I'm putting to death the misdeeds of my flesh. I often joke about that alien movie, you know, that the guy suddenly goes, Hoo, Hoo, and there's just suddenly it's like, this little, think, do you remember the alien movie? You guys are acting like you're Christians, you don't watch movies like that. <laughs> it's an alien that kind of comes and lives inside of people. It's a movie that was, the older guys remember it. And it was this little thing, and the next thing, like, and this little alien pops out, out of the guy's chest, and it's like, that's what the flesh feels like to me. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm doing great and then something happens and I can feel this. It's like, Ugh, uh. and I'm like, die, die. I'm insecure. I'm this, I'm that. Die, die. And then I draw near to Jesus. And I look at him and I see him. Sometimes I'll fight for a few days and then I'll come to a meeting with you guys and I'll be in worship and I'll just... There he is. And as he's there, that thing just starts, and I can kill it now. I'm in his presence. I can kill it. I was weak on my own, but with you guys and God, man, I can do anything. And I kill it. I put it to death. Do business with God. I see guys in the front weeping, and I don't know what God's doing, but I know he's forming himself into you so that he can form himself through you to us. And he died, verse 15. For all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. You've got a choice. You've got to be crucified with him or not. If you live for yourself, you won't have him. But if you live for him, you'll have everything. But they live, should live for him who died for them and was raised again. And then he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. I will not look at you through the lens of the world anymore. I will not look at you through the lens of my flesh anymore. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we don't do that anymore because I know him and I want to reflect him to you. You are the temple of the living God if Christ is in you. And so I would finish this with, is he in you? I've spoken about experiences, and I think you can see they're genuine. But do you know him? Because I was 20, 21 years old when I met him. It was like my eyes got opened. I was like, where has this been? I did not know this. I did not know that God could be like this. I'd been in church. I'd listened to the preachers, and, man, I could do the whole pew liturgy thing. It was the thing we used to do in that church. And, and then I met him, and I was just never the same. Are you in him? Because the father who made you has got an incredible thing that he wants to bring you into. And no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, he wants to reconcile you to himself. Though you were his enemy, though you lived for yourself, you were worthless because you're not like him in any way. He loved you and gave himself on a cross 
to reconcile you to himself. So that if you would believe him, in a moment, he will wash you clean, no matter what you've done. And he himself will come live in you. He will live inside of you. And you'll be born again, the Bible says. Not of perishable seed, not of what a mom and dad got up to. But you will be born again by the Spirit of God. And Christ will start to be formed in you. I want to pray with you. So why don't we close our eyes and bow heads. We've looked really at the message of the gospel. What God has done and wants to do in us. That God was reconciling the world, you and me, to himself through the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and I've said this, there is no one righteous. No, not even one. If you're sitting here today and you've never had this experience with the Lord, you've never been born again, you're separated from him because of your sin. But God so loved the world, the Bible says. He so loved you that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish in worthlessness, but would receive the gift of God, to receive eternal life. And if you're here today and you've never come to God that way, today is the day of your salvation. God brought you here today to hear this message. And God is reaching out to you through me and through the people here to draw you to himself so that you could be made like him. And if that's you and you've never given your life to him, I want to give you an opportunity right now and I want to pray with you because it is the biggest thing that will ever happen to you in your whole life that the God who made the universe will meet you today in this hall and start to form you into his church. You'll never be the same. Is there anyone today that says, yeah, I, I need, Andrew, I get it, I see it, I believe it. Just lift your hands up so I can see who you are. Thank you. Anyone else? Respond to God. This is, thank you. Respond to God. I was 21 years of age, and I was never the same. Come, I want to give just anyone else. You want to be made new, born again by the Spirit of God. Then I'm going to pray for a second group quickly, and I'm going to call those guys out just now to pray for them. Are you connected to him as a Christian? Are you, is your flesh dead and dying? Or have you picked up your life as a believer? Are you living more for you than for him? Running through your week in busyness and helter and skelter, but not crucifying the flesh and allowing Christ to be formed in you? Are you living in an offense or a hurt or a pain or a fear? These are not things that the Father has for you. You need to, today, allow Christ to be formed in you. And if that's you, I want to pray with you as well. And so if that is you, would you respond and also just lift your hands. I want to see where you are so that I can pray with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's so many things that trip us up. But the Father wants to secure us in his love. I want to pray for both those groups. Because it's so important that Jesus is able to come and have you. And so I want to ask everyone, would you all stand and all those that responded or feel they want to respond for prayer, would you just come out now and just stand with me in the front? And don't be embarrassed if you've never done this before, it's your first time, because seriously, we rejoice. This is why we're here, we're messengers of reconciliation. Come stand in the front. Come some of those guys that responded to salvation, come stand in the front. Don't be embarrassed. You will encounter him right here. Right here. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. As you believe your God, as you learn about his love for you, the plan that the Father has for you, in this moment, know that you are loved. That he has formed you from the ground but he wants to form his spirit in you. And so just I want you to pray a prayer with me. And it's a simple prayer. 
asking God to forgive us for living our way and not His way. And yielding and saying, Lord, I want to start this journey with you by believing in you and by crucifying me. By letting you start to live your life in me and through me. And so I want to ask everyone in the church, we can pray this prayer together. And especially those that have responded, just talk this to God, not to me. Because he's here right now to wash you, to cleanse you, to make you new. Let's pray together. Lord God, I'm sorry for living my way. Forgive me for my sin. Come today and wash me. I believe that you died on the cross for me, paying for my failure because of your great love. Thank you. Would you come now, God? Because I'm yours. Come and live in me and form yourself in me. Impregnate me with your life that I would be made new in Jesus' name. And so right now, just where you are, Lord, would you just come upon clay stones and make them alive. Make them alive by your Spirit. Make them new today, God, in Jesus' name. So the Bible says that no matter what you've done, He's washed you. There is no sin right now between you and Him. He has reconciled you to Himself. He has washed your sin away. And He says, see, I'm going to build my own house in you. I'll call you out, but I'll love you. And I will be your God, and you will be mine. Lord, Lord, form Jesus into each one. Form Jesus, that they would be born of God. Lord, where there's been blockages and hindrances, Remove the obstacles out of the way. There's nothing that can stand in your way, God. Whether it's been hurt or offense or pain or fear, wash those things away and cause them to come back to the spirit and the life of Christ. Crucify, help them to crucify their flesh so that Jesus, you can be formed in them. In Jesus' name. And I want to just, some guys maybe gather around them and pray. And I'd love the rest of us move. We've got a song. We'll pray for these guys. And while we pray for these guys, as individuals, because they are special and unique individuals to God, 